Hey, Liz. Hi, Maggie. Um, so what do we want to talk about today? Oh, boy. You know how we normally talk about, like, the media and stuff? Maybe not the media, but, you know, media, movies. Yeah. TV. Yeah. We always talk about women. We, we talk about their role within media. But I think, um, given recent events, we gotta sit down and talk about dudes. Okay, let's talk about dudes. Um, if you've seen anything on the news lately, uh, context, we are recording this on the November, 13th. November 13th, 2017. And it is 8.20 p.m. It is 8.20 p.m. I have not checked <laughs> Central the news. Central time. <laughs> I have not checked the news in several hours. So who knows? Essentially, what's been happening the last, the last few uh, weeks, months, and weeks, if there is um, a male performer or person associated with movies and television that you enjoy the work of, um, odds are pretty good that in the past few months you've found out that he's kind of terrible to other people, especially women. Um, we lost some good ones last week. We did. Um, it's becoming a very, a very uh, kill your idol sort of situation out here. So we talked about it and decided we should sit down and talk about the concept of toxic masculinity. And don't worry, we'll also be throwing in some movies that you can see this in. Oh, totally. Welcome to Cool Story Needs More Girls. I'm Liz. And I'm Maggie. Um, we sit down and we look at uh, women in the media. In media. I keep saying the media. Media. <laughs> we look at women in pieces of media. Books, television, movies, art, theater, dance. Etc. Etc. Uh, did you know you're not actually supposed to say etc.? Yeah, I know. It's a I'm written... I, I, did, I learned that like a couple of years ago. It's, it's just a fun fact. Um... But I liked that theater ref. That's Thank from the you. King and I. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I suppose you could look at the King of Siam as a little bit of a toxic masculine. Yeah, I think that that's a very early yeah example of it. Um, <clears throat> did you want to hit us with that def? Let's get that def going. Um, toxic masculinity is defined as the concept. Um, it's a concept that's used in social sciences to describe traditional norms of behavior among men in contemporary American and European society that are associated with detrimental social and psychological effects. That's a lot of fancy words to say that um, the things that our culture, um, and as we've, we've talked about a couple times on this show, we focus a lot on American culture because we are American. Sorry. Um, but American culture and a lot of Western European culture, what makes a man, quote unquote, capital M, manly, um, those things, those qualities, those pastimes, those behaviors are not always good for men psychologically. Right. And we need to make, we need to make it very clear here that we're not saying masculinity is bad. Absolutely not. Um, there are, there are certain gendered ways of acting, certain gendered activities things like that there's nothing wrong with that i mean it's wrong that they're gendered but whatever you know you can be a lumberjack you can be strong you can you know do do what you want but the idea of toxic masculinity is that it is so masculine to the point where it's actually hurting the men who participate in it mm -hmm. um 
so I'm, I actually have the same thing pulled up, um, <laughs> but such toxic masculine norms include dominance, de-evaluation of women, or I'm sorry, devaluation of women, extreme self-reliance, and the suppression of emotion. That, that's such a manly thing to be like, you can't cry, cries for pussies. Like, how many movies or TV shows have you seen where they've said that? You a know, million. It's usually associated with... It's so funny how often these things go hand in hand because it's usually associated with like a guy has hurt himself playing a sport. I was just watching a show last week where uh, a teenage kid got hurt playing football and his dad said, don't you cry. Don't you cry about it. And the it's interesting the implications that moment had when he was a teenager Long story short, led this character to have a chemical dependence mm-hmm. as an adult. Um, he was so focused on he had a he had re-injured the knee. He was so focused on not showing the pain that he developed an oxycontin addiction. Sure. So <laughs> that's a light, fun show you what? can watch on NBC. What show is that? This is us. Oh, nice. Spoilers. Sorry, we've talked about that show on mm-hmm. this show. Um, it's kind of fun to loop it back to that. Um, the father, obviously, um, is Jack Pearson, who we talked about in one of our, if not, our very first our f- episode. No, our Father's Day episode. Um, I yeah. think it was number three. Yeah. So we, we talked about Jack Pearson on this show um, as, that's the thing, Jack Pearson is still a good dad. Yeah. It's just... Well, you can be a good dad and still have flaws. Oh, absolutely. And especially in the 70s. Yes, he's he's very much a product of his time. Um, so many so many people we so many I say people. A lot of the men we could talk about in this episode are products of their time. I'm thinking of um Desi Arnaz on I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes home and his wife burnt dinner, so I'm going to spank you. Like that kinky yeah, uh, what we call kinky now was just the norm back then. Um, you know, you've got... Oh, I can never remember if it's Honeymooners or Moonlighters. Honeymooners. Honeymooners. Uh, my mom used to say that all the time. Straight to the moon, Alice. Um, it's just a product of the time. Yeah. Um, but I know we are not the first people to wake up and look at something and go, I don't know about that. Well, yeah. Um, but... We as a generation, speaking of you and me specifically, mm-hmm. we are online at a time right now and not not just on the internet, but like consciously we are aware of things and there are a lot of things like this happening right now. Yes. It's been months now, this idea of call out culture happening and kind of this, I love how they're calling it a witch hunt. It's like, nope, you don't get to take our word. <laughs> It's a perv no, hunt. We are we already did that. Um, it's a perv hunt. And a bunch of innocent people died. Yeah. You don't you don't get to take that word from us. Um yeah, so I should say the definition that Liz and I read was off of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um just as a basis of hey, this is what we're going to talk about. Um I have a couple articles open um that we're going to be referencing and I am going to be including all of the links on um the description. So if you're interested in reading them, please go right ahead. Click on those links. Click on those links. Um, Give Wikipedia $3. Why not? They have all the information in the entire world. Okay, whatever. And you can, um, but you yeah, can change so. it yourself if it's wrong. <laughs> um, 
So this other article, one of the other articles that I'm going to be referencing is called, um, and this is a journal article. Um, I don't have what journal it was written in, but um, the journal or the article title is Toxic Masculinity as a Barrier to Mental Health Treatment in Prison. Um, it was written by Terry A. Coopers and it's um, found, or covered by the Wright Institute. Um, and so they define toxic masculinity um, as involving the need to aggressively compete and dominate others and encompasses the most problematic proclivities in men. These same male proclivities foster resistance to psychotherapy. Some of the stresses and complexities of life in men's prison are explored. Um, and so they basically just go on to talk about the fact that, you know, in prison you show that you're weak, you know, there's certain things that are going to happen um, and how we don't see it to that level out here mm -hmm. um but you still see the signs of toxic masculinity like you said guys can't cry they can't have feelings they can't express to their guy friends hey i feel like really sad right now and i don't know mm -hmm. why or you know a, a guy acting sad or strangely is not gonna have the same reaction that a group of women would have yep you know, you see, you see a woman friend who's looking sad, you're going to be like, hey, what's wrong? Do you want to talk about it? Whereas a guy looking sad, people are like, guy friends most likely, going with the stereotypes here, are going to be much more like, hey, dude, buck up. We're going to go do this other yeah. thing. Could you cry and let's have a beer. Let's yeah. have a beer and not talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think with toxic masculinity, we really wanted to talk about it because we had, um, Liz and I were out over the weekend oh, yeah. um and we were at a bar because we're both over the age of 21 <laughs> um and very we much so it's kind <laughs> of funny to sad um but we were watching um not watching on purpose but like it was just on in the bar where we live um there are no bars with no TVs. There's one, yeah. no, there's one bar that has no TVs in it, uh, but it's very expensive and it's up a long flight of stairs and we're lazy. Anyway, <laughs> so on the TVs was a UFC match. Oh, and it was bad. And it wasn't just a TV. It was a projector screen. They had them on, on they had wall. it on multiple TVs around the room so you could not look away from it. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially, I, I'm going to operate under the assumption that most people know what UFC Ultimate Fighting is. It's, to usually men, but not always men. Yeah. I don't want to just say it's it's always men, but if it's if it's women, there are women that participate in the sport. And women can have toxic masculinity as well. And there is toxic femininity, we'll get yes. to that. Um but within the, the UFC sport, MMA, mixed martial arts, um, they're they're similar but different, I'm told. Whatever. It's it's always gonna be two men fighting each other, two women fighting each other. They're usually um similar weights and ages, but what we saw, and I don't know if this is indicative of the sport as a whole or this was a particularly terrible match, but um, they wear usually just shorts, and one guy was wearing black shorts, and one guy was wearing white shorts at the start, and his shorts were mostly, like, red at the end. Um, his opponent was just bleeding heavily from mostly his face. Most but, of his face, yeah. But other parts of his body as well. Um, I'm a, f I'm not athletic, but I'm a firm believer in sportsmanship. Mm -hmm. I think there is, there is a lot of, there's a lot to be said for competition. I'm, I'm a terrible combination of competitive and unathletic. It makes me ruthless at trivia, 
but this was this was outside of the realm I've ever seen sportsmanship exist in. This was barely competition anymore. This was it felt like just straight violence. Just here was one man lying basically prone on the floor of this octagon and another man just constantly hitting him again and mm-hmm. again and again. Not with boxing gloves, not with any object at least, with his bare fists just over and over and over. So this kind of prompted us to take a step back and say like, wow, this is not something that we're used to seeing. It's not something that we're exposed to. I know I've been in, you know, bars or, you know, grill, bar grill combination things where they have TVs up and UFC will be on, but it's never the main focus. It's never like, hey, everybody watch this. It's much more of like, okay, football's on, but we're going to have UFC on in the corner. Um, And there were people with us that were really into it and like, cheering them on and like getting really into it and it I know for me at least I was very taken aback by the whole thing it's the problem I have with the sport on the whole is it's very lucrative oh yeah absolutely you look at there was a lot of talk at the end of the summer here about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather yeah maybe I did it I did a sport um but just the know. amount of money they made for basically doing something that I work very hard to stop kids from doing on a daily basis. It's so counterintuitive to me that we are rewarding people for 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 like beating each other silly. And I know mm-hmm. I'm going to get people that are going to say it's a sport, you know, football's just as violent. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why people make so much money playing football either. When there Especially, are people, yeah. When there are people, you know, people like police officers, firefighters, teachers, doctors, and nurses who are putting their lives on the line, who are working themselves to the bone, who make nothing mm-hmm. to see someone who plays football for an hour and a half uh, once a week, yeah, make millions of dollars like that. Yeah. That's a whole different issue that I have with society. <laughs> and and like. The, the amount of health risks that oh, these people yeah. put themselves through, not just for UFC, but for, you know, for football. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole CTE thing. Absolutely. And, and the concussion stuff that's coming out. Crazy. Well, I look at soccer's a, a big example right now. Soccer's yeah. wildly popular. More kids get concussions in soccer than football because they don't wear helmets. Oh, yeah. Um, my brother, it wasn't a concussion, but my brother once scored a goal in kind of little kid soccer it wasn't even middle school yet he scored a goal and the goalie was so upset about it that the goalie shoved him my my brother fractured his arm jesus um which that's awfully young to be that aggressive and that and that kind of circles back yeah it circles back to it's horrible that that happened but um it's it's a cycle it yeah. sounds dumb, but it's like that, that drug commercial from the 80s. I learned it from watching you. You know, boys, young boys, see, there's a really great documentary out there called Tough Guys. Uh, not like G-U-I-S, G-U-I-S-E, like disguise. Um, it's kind of a companion to the documentary Misrepresentation, which I really loved. Um, but Tough Guys is kind of what boys are seeing on TV and have been seeing on the TV for like 30 years 
you know, it's the cool guys are the tough guys, the sports guys. The know. guys who are getting sex. Yeah. Um, if I could use a show that we haven't ever talked about, hmm. um, let's look for a moment at Saved by the Bell. You are going to have to take the lead because That's I've never seen that show. It's fine. Um, within Saved by the Bell, you have three um, three guys. And I don't know the show as well as um, some other people I know. Um, but you've got A.C. Slater, who is like sportsman, mixed sports guy. Um, he's, he's usually lifting weights, <laughs> even if it doesn't make narrative sense. The show doesn't okay. make narrative sense. Um, and he's always got a different girl on his arm. You know, always the ladies' man. Then you've got Zach Morris, who's my personal favorite. He's not so much of a sports guy, um, but it's definitely implied that he plays sports because he's cool. Um, and he's got Kelly Kapowski, who's like the hottest girl in school, like just, but like in an 80s way. Um, and then you've got Screech. Um, Screech is not a sports guy. He's a nerd guy. No girls like him. He likes sensitive things like theater and art. No girl will go to prom with him. Okay. Um, that was one of the biggest shows of the 1990s, though. And it, it showed... It, it, life imitates art. It always has and always will. It's fine. Um, but there's, there's a lot of interesting research out there about what makes boys popular in high school or in middle school excuse me middle school um there are three factors physical size athletic ability and sense of humor okay so if you are a middle school boy and you are are larger you are good at sports whatever they may be as long as they're one of the more popular ones like football basketball wrestling baseball you know, if you're like a cross country runner, eh, it's kind of a crapshoot because girls can be good at that too. Um, and then if you, essentially, if you're really good at making like dick butt jokes, like, you know, you're gonna be a really popular middle school boy. Okay. Um, but that that athletic ability component and that physical size component are kind of like those beginning stages of adult toxic masculinity. Well, yeah, if you're taught that that's the most important yeah. thing. It's it's ingrained through just society and through media that you're a big kid. I even know myself personally, um, you can't tell on this podcast, but I'm a tall person. I'm five foot 11, half inches tall. I'm basically six feet tall. I have been tall my whole life. Um, I cannot go or... It's not so bad now that I'm an adult, but when I was younger, up into high school, I couldn't go a week without someone saying, so do you play basketball? What about volleyball? I was like, look at me. I don't. I, I played junior varsity softball for two seasons. Like, it's just, we, those norms are so deeply ingrained that you see someone, you're like, tall, basketball, goal, obviously. What else could you possibly be good for other than changing light bulbs? Um... So, yeah, I think that, like, that kind of physical... Yeah. Physical look yeah. can really play into it. And and people, you know, coaches would take interest. You know, you would get attention from the gym teacher, like, oh, you are you clearly have athletic ability. That's, that's a more masculine trait. You are clearly worthy of my time. Yeah, and I think... But I think it's also important to remember that 
looking good and taking care of yourself is not bad. No. It's when, oh, gosh, no. It's when you... It's when that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, it's when... It's when you'd rather, you know, go lift free weights than do yeah. anything else. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of times when um, there's that confrontation mm-hmm. with toxic masculinity, there's going to be a lot of things implied. Um, usually, it centers around sex. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be things like, oh, you're such a pussy, or... Um, you know, things like that basically implying that the person yep. is a woman um, because what could be worse than being a woman? Again, we're seeing the devaluation of women. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big thing about toxic masculinity is that there is nothing better than being a man. And you can feel that way. That's fine. If you're happy being a man, amazing, wonderful. I'm so happy for you. However, when you start saying to other people that, you know, you're a pussy, which means you are no better than a woman, which means there is no value to you. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. That's when you start having those issues with, you know, being able to talk to people, being able to express your emotions. Because there have been studies done that be- with men who cannot express their emotions, they don't live as long because they're holding things inside. They're mm-hmm. not taking mental care of themselves, which is why therapy is so important to people. Um, and why it's so important for everyone to get involved with a therapist at least once in your life. It might not be for you and that's fine, but it can be very helpful for a lot of people to just say, Hey, I'm feeling this way. I wonder why that is. What can we do about it? How can I figure this out? Instead of sitting with our feelings and feeling like shit for three or four years or whatever. Until you die. Until you die. Um, but yeah, so a big thing about toxic masculinity and Liz you and I had this conversation earlier is that it's all about being the same so you know all men are supposed to look the same they're all supposed to be buff they're all supposed to be I mean most of the toxic masculinity does come in the white vein you know it is it is typically very racist um they see women as their property Mm -hmm. you know so like the whole term cuck is a callback to cuckold oh yeah basically that you know, your wife sleeps with somebody else while you watch. Yeah. You are so, like, you have no power. Well, we started talking about it in, um, we were discussing toxic femininity as well. Yeah. If we can swivel a little bit, because it, I don't want, I don't want it to sound like we're here to say, Ooh, oh, men are terrible. Right, blah, blah, blah. right. And that's not at all women, what we're trying to say. Women can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's essentially just like team spirit that got way out of control. Yeah. Um, and the, the term I used for, um, for this kind of toxic femininity or this even toxic feminism, because, yeah. um, That's that thing. can, that can take a couple of flavors too. Um, but this sorority feminism where I am all for girls doing what they want to do and achieving their dreams as long as they look like me. As long as they're young and attractive and, and, you know, hot Mm -hmm. like me. So that idea of white feminism. Yes. Um, It's it's all too prevalent in a lot of places, but um, the the idea of sororities and fraternities really play back into this because they kind of, uh, fraternities at least a lot of times are kind of 
and not all of them. Gosh, I don't want to make it sound like I hate this stuff, but not all fraternities, but some fraternities are kind of like petri dishes for toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you look at, for a while there, you couldn't watch the news without some other sports team or fraternity on a college campus being accused of just like mass sexual assault. Like it was part of their hazing rituals. Um, Just there's, there's so much the, of the Greek culture that's tied up in kind of being ugly to other people, you know, things like dog parties and, um, you know, the hazing rituals, the hazings and the, yeah, there, there's a lot in there that's, not great, but there's a lot in sororities and fraternities that are really great. You know, there's oh, yeah. a lot of charity work that's done. There's a lot of camaraderie. You know, there right. are there are people who are still friends with their sorority sisters and fraternity brothers 30, 40, 50 years down the line. Yeah, and there are very supportive sororities, fraternities out there that mm-hmm. are not focused around the partying, around, you know, the sex, all of that. Oh, yeah. Those, you know, they support through careers. They they help people in certain, you know, majors or whatever. Yeah. However, when we're looking at party fraternities or sororities, there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. that we see. Yeah. Um, one thing that I definitely wanted to bring up is we had been talking, and this is an episode that you guys didn't get to hear, but you'll get to hear later this year because <laughs> we're going to release it um, in the future. Oh, um, so... It, it won't be super timely, but it'll be fun. Um, but we, I wanted to talk about Lord of the Flies. Absolutely, we should talk about Lord of the Flies. Because that was somewhat relevant back a while ago. Um, someone wanted to put out, cliff notes, someone wanted to put out a version of Lord of the Flies, but all the English schoolboys were girls. Mm-hmm. Hey. Well, I think that that's happening. Oh boy, is I it? Don't, let me let me check. You talk about Lord of the Flies. Okay, Lord of the Flies, much like uh, a lot of the other things we've talked about this evening, is a product of its time. It was a novel put out um, in in the years after World War II, um, mm-hmm. and essentially it became a bit of an allegory for soldiers. You know, here we have boys. In the book itself, we have young boys dropped on an island, no idea what they're doing, no idea when they're going to get off there. And these are like school-age boys. School-age boys, probably between the ages of 8 and 13, Mm -hmm. you know? Just the best kind of idiots. Who we love. Um, And they're stuck on this island with really no leadership, no adult, no one to take care of them, no one to tell them what to do. And let me tell you, working with children as long as I have, they all benefit from someone telling them what to do, whether they believe it or not. They Mm do. Um, so these boys are essentially trying to set up their own society on this island. Yeah, I mean, I think the general idea is, okay, well, we're stuck here. We're going to live here. Yeah. So we have to figure out who's going to make the houses, et cetera, et cetera. They tried. They gave it the good old college try and it did not end well. You know? Well, there was a kid named Piggy and then they killed him, so... Because, you know, the pig head on a stick told them to. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I did figure it out. Mm-hmm. It is in the works at Warner Brothers. Woof. Um, and so the idea is let's do an all-female version because all-female movies are so popular so hot right, right now. now. Here's um, the thing. And we talked about it. We talked about it in the, the little episode we haven't um, released. That works for some things. Making it 
making it ladies works for some things. For Ghostbusters, it was fine. For Ghostbusters, it was amazing. Kate McKinnon, come on our show. It's like the psych pineapple. Um, <laughs> it works for Except Ghostbusters. It, it doesn't work for Lord of the Flies. Some things, and it's going to sound weird for us to say this, but some things cannot be ladies. Why is that, Liz? Is this, not, is this just us saying it can't be ladies because it paints men in a bad light? And no. And it will paint ladies in a bad light? It's it's not how women would handle the situation. So the idea is that this book very heavily relies on the idea of toxic masculinity. These little boys were basically raised as soldiers. Absolutely. So they started turning on each other. They started going after the weak ones. Yep. You're weaker than me. I'm bigger than you. So I have power you. over you. It's All of history is a power struggle. There's mm-hmm. no era of history, American or otherwise, that you can look at and say, oh, that's not really a power struggle. Like, it, it basically went, here are oceans, here are fish. Fish have feet now. Fish crawl out of the oceans. Boom. Power struggle. Like, it's just been, like, the, <laughs> it's been power struggle since we were amoebas. Like, it's, it's the natural state of things to be yeah. struggling for power. Yeah. It's just, are we using our words to struggle for power? Are we using our fists to tr- struggle for power? Right. Are we using guns and tanks and atomic bombs to struggle for power? Right. And if you're going to do an all-female version of this, they it's s- going to be, you're probably going to rely more heavily on the idea of the toxic feminism. Yep. And, or f- but women struggle for power differently than men struggle for power. Yeah. Men struggle... Women struggle against other women differently than they would struggle against a man. A man mm-hmm. struggles against another man differently than he would against another woman. Right. It's just, we, this show was never created to say women are better than men or men are better than women or men and women are the same. We're all human beings and that's, that's great, but. We're all different. We are. Um, on the whole, yes, there are some things women do differently than men. For a lighter note, one of my favorite things um, a college professor ever said to me was, um, no, I know the difference between men and women. And we all kind of shrink back a little bit. He's like, it doesn't have anything to do with having babies. Um, Women know how to do that turban thing with a towel on their head and men don't. (laughs) Does someone teach you how to do that? And I like had to really think about it. I was like, did somebody fucking teach me how to do that or did I just know? My mom taught me how to do it. I, I think know my, that for sure. I think my friend's sister taught me how because my mom never had long enough hair to yeah. be able to do yeah. it. But yeah, uh, that's the real difference between men and women. The show is over. Go home, everybody. But stay subscribed. We might release something else. I mean, else. yeah. Keep listening. Um, so yeah, power struggle. Men, women, everybody. Even as children. Um, I don't want to talk about too much of what we talked about in that episode. But I don't remember what we talked about in that episode. Hey, guys, spoiler alert. We were a little drunk. A little. Um... Well, um, we did touch on men and women struggle differently at uh, different ages, too. The way that 8 to 13-year-old boys would handle a situation is different from the way that grown adult men would, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, but you can, see, you can see these differences in the way children interact. I work with mm-hmm. two-year-olds, and I see... I see the way boys relate to one another differently than the way girls relate to different to one another and the way a boy and a girl might relate to one another. There are differences. Mm-hmm. You know, they're at the point where they don't even super duper understand like boys and girls and that 
that sort of thing. Like, obviously they know there's a difference and, um, but they're not, that's not their defining thing. They're a little young for that. Mm -hmm. That usually kicks in somewhere between like first and fourth grade where it's like, you're a boy, gross. Yeah. Um, and then it never goes away as far as I know. (laughs) That might just be you. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think the whole point of this episode is just especially to, and it's not, it's not a very media heavy episode and not a very jokes funny episode. I think, I think though it's more kind of a call to action than even just discussing media. Media is kind of what's bringing about a discussion of how am I personally, whether you're a man or a woman, how am I going to challenge this shit that's happening in our world? You know, when I hear someone make a shitty comment, what am I going to say? Am I going to, like, nervously laugh along, like, ha, ha, ha? Or am I going to say, hey, don't say that ever again? Yeah. I remember people calling me out for things that I said. You know, like, I would make shitty jokes, and people would say, hey, that's not a funny joke. And I'd be like, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. If you say something that's bad enough to get somebody... One of your contemporaries, one of your peers, one of your friends to say, don't say that again. You've said something bad, my dude. Like, people don't, on the whole, and maybe it's just the people I know, they don't like confrontation. No. And especially with a friend. It's hard to do with friends. If a friend of yours says, that was offensive, don't say that again. And not even, I was offended, but that was offensive. Mm -hmm. Those are very different statements. Because... I can be offended by something, doesn't make it offensive. Something might be offensive, doesn't mean I was offended. But when someone says, that was offensive, mm-hmm. listen to them. Like, Yeah, they're not saying you're a bad person. They're no. saying, hey, pay attention to your actions. Like, and it's, it's really important that we're able to say, you're right, and we can move on from it. Um, this isn't, you know... Oh, I hate I hate so much when people are like, oh, I hate being politically correct. We're not asking you to be politically correct. We're asking you to be a decent human being. Yep. When someone says, hey, that wasn't cool to say, really think about like, oh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder why they felt uncomfortable with that. I wonder what I can do to change. Because it's okay to change for other people, guys. Yeah. We don't have to be consistently stubborn and stay in our own ways. Yeah. You know, if, if someone takes takes the time to tell you instead of just being like I don't like what that guy said I'm never gonna fucking talk to him again yeah like someone was like no I I know that deep down under your just salty ass appearance there's a good nougaty center of person there I'm gonna just brush off the salt and find the good person in there like trust them yeah um and another thing to think about because I was talking to someone about recent events think about what you would do in in these situations, you know, it's really easy to get judgmental and be like, oh my God, what a dick that person is. Or, well, those women could have, you know, stopped it. Yeah. What would you do? Um, a comedian friend of mine did a pretty incredible set about it. Yeah. Last Thursday where he was like, you know, no, if someone was offering me a big part in a movie, what would I do? Yeah. You know, like, you you have to remember... Think of your biggest dream. The one thing you want to do more so than anything else in this world. And if someone said, well, you can do it. 
you just have to do this one thing that skeeves you out a little bit. Yeah. What what would you do in that situation? Yeah, and knowing that if you say no, there are going to be more consequences than just, oh, I won't get that part in the movie. Yeah, it's going to be, well, you'll never work in this town again. Goodbye. You know, if yeah. you want to be the world's greatest dentist and someone's like, you can be the best dentist in the whole world. You just have to look at my dick. And you're like, I don't really want to. They'll be like, fine, you'll never get another look at another tooth again. And you're like, shit. Yeah, just wanted right. to be a dentist. Right. Um, and I think that that plays into another thing that you and I had been discussing earlier, which is, um, you know, the the whole um, rape thing. Yeah. What about it? Um, just that... Boop. <laughs> careful. Um, and it also plays into... An, oh, my gosh. This is just all the stuff that we've been talking about lately because it's the only thing going on right now. Yeah. Um, but, like, the idea of power play. Um, so when you have someone in power above you, it's going to be really hard to say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, even if your boss at work is just like, Hey, can you cover this person's shift? Like, no, I don't want to, but you're my boss. And I know if I say no, there might be consequences. It plays that way. Mm -hmm. It also plays with, Hey, you want that promotion? You need to do this kind of skeevy thing. Yeah. And it's not okay. And you see the same thing. It can happen on college campuses with professors and students or TAs and students or whoever and whatever. But there's that idea of if someone is in a position of power above you and they ask you to do something, usually sexual because, hey, at work, you can actually say, no, I'm not going to cover that person's shift. I have other stuff Mm -hmm. going on. Um, But if you say no to this person... They have control over your future. They have control over whatever happens next to you. And then there's going to be issues. You tell that professor, no, I'm not going to sleep with you. That's not who I am. You could fill that class. They could say that you came onto them and get you kicked out of the, out of the school. You know, there are bigger consequences. So when comedians or famous people or producers or whatever come out and say, well, they said they were okay with it. Like inherently, Yes, they're going to say, yes, I'm okay with it because, A, they don't want to miss that opportunity. B, their dream is right there. And in the case of especially comedians, speaking as someone who is an aspiring stand-up comedian, when things like that are said, it sounds like a joke. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. if this is someone who's famous for making jokes and they go, hey, do you mind if I uh, just, like jerk it here right in front of you you go ha yeah sure and you roll your eyes and then, and then all of a suddenly sudden his penis is out of fucking his happening and you're like oh and then there's also the side of the coin where you're like well if i say no he's gonna think i can't hang with the guys or i'm yep. not cool and yeah, that one of the guys thing where it's like oh uh, any of my dude friends would be cool with this really i would don't they? think so i mean I i've know. met some guys and like some of no. them are cool, but I don't think the other ones would be yeah, cool. Not every guy's be cool yeah, it's just remember you the only person whose actions and feelings and ideas you can control are your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of your basis for everything, whether you're trying to get someone to do something. And I hate that idea of I never do that. I have a mother, wife, oh God. daughter, sister, 
my male carrier is a woman. Like that idea. We, like we no, no, are, no. We are all related to a woman somehow. Somehow. You, you need to think of a better reason rather um, than I'm related to a woman. So maybe because like, oh, women are people and have feelings too and they matter. When you're when you're asking someone to do something whether it's skeevy or not, even if it's like, hey, can you stay late and, and file this report for me? Ask yourself, would I do this for someone? Especially yeah. someone who is as tertiary as Craig at the office. Like, if Craig was like, hey, can, hey man, can you stay late and file this report? Would I be like, no, fuck you, Craig? Or would I be like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Like, if you wouldn't want someone to do this thing to you, don't fucking do it to somebody. Right. It's, it's a pretty simple rule. Like, if you... I use it with my, my two-year-olds all the time. Hey, if you... If you don't want to get hit in the head with the pointy end of a block, don't hit someone in the head with the pointy end of a block. Like, yeah, like, hey, guys, I'm pretty sure the only rule we need that in the world is the golden rule. Um, do unto others what you want done unto yourself or something along those or, lines. Or the essential, the essential main pillar of every world religion. Um, you ready? Are you ready for the secret to yeah. all religions? Yeah. Don't be a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's worded differently in every religion, but it when you boil it down, its primary component is don't be a fucking asshole, you fuck. <laughs> You're a horrible person. Let's change that. You know, some throw guilt in there. Others wisdom. You know, there's there's oh, different there's flavors. Karma. It's yeah. it's it's essentially like religion is like Pringles. Um, underneath, it's the same potato, but like each one, I don't know that they're potatoes. I think that's the quote. Religion <laughs> is like good. Um, it, the the Jesus potato, Christ. the potato flakes on the inside of the Pringle because it's not a real potato. Um, the potato flakes that that is don't be an asshole. Um, all the other shit is the flavoring, so you just got to decide: do I want? Do I want cheddar cheese or sour cream and onion and just fucking leave people alone about their Pringles? Yeah. Okay? Um, hey Liz. <laughs> yeah? What media have you been consuming lately? It's gonna sound terrible, but I watched that 300th episode of Grey's Anatomy! And tell me, how um, are women represented in it? This was an episode of television that was written by a woman, directed by a woman. Yes. Um, starred women women of color um it was it treated women good that's good um spoilers meredith gray won one of the highest honors that a surgeon can oh, win that's so um and she didn't go to the award ceremony because she was saving lives wow this is a woman who whose daughter saw her win this award yeah um who saw her be good at her job wow um so a lot of people like to shit on Grey's Anatomy. I know that's not what it's like to be a doctor, but especially in this episode, women were treated pretty well. And what about diversity-wise? Um, it's a diverse show. You have, yeah. like, the chief of surgery is a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss her so much, but one of the main characters, and there was, like, an homage paid to her, um, oh. was an Asian woman, Sandra Oh. Oh, yeah. Um kind of the the point of this episode was like hey look these people who are in this dire situation are our friends that are gone 
they look like our friends that are gone. Oh, okay. You know, here's this kind of nerdy white guy. Here's an Asian woman who's yelling at him. Here's this pretty blonde woman who seems a little crazy. Like, and they even said it like, oh my God, that's George. That's Christina. That's Izzy. Like, these are our friends. Yeah. You know, and that was the point of the episode, which I thought was kind of cool. You know, it's a show that's been on for a long time and a lot of people have died in plane crashes, but yeah. You know, they still remember where they came from. and There's roughly 300 plane crashes. There's there's 1.4 plane crashes on average per episode. Um, it breaks down kind of funny with sweeps and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've been watching a lot of Sailor Moon lately, which is a kind of an interesting of... thing. Taylor just looked up from her computer and is making faces at me now. She's, um, very, she's very excited about Sailor Moon, too. She really likes Sailor Moon. Um, but yeah, so I'm it's not... she didn't open the door and go, are we, I talking, know, I are we talking about called, Sailor Moon in here? I almost called her in, like, hey, come talk about ta- Sailor Moon with us. Um, <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to come talk about t- uh, Sailor Moon? Let's talk about how Sailor Moon represents women. Oh my god. <laughs> come on Hi. in. Hi, you butt. Hello. Hi. What's up? <laughs> so we're talking about media that we've been consuming lately, and I've been watching a lot of Sailor Moon because I finally got our TV set up today. You can move my shit. Hey, thanks for setting up our TV. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, so... Now we have something to sit and look at. <laughs> so yeah, were you facing all of your furniture towards beforehand? We, we literally didn't. <laughs> East, if we could help it. <laughs> towards the rising sun? Yeah. Always, yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but so that's I've... my Pringles, so just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I just got to the episode where um, the main character Usagi like decided like, oh, I can't cry and be whiny anymore. So she like actually like really like stepped up after that. So I was really super surprised. Um, that's so legit. Yeah, that was always my favorite. Hello, I'm sharing Liz's microphone. This is Taylor. She's mm. one of our bosses. Mm. Um. <laughs> She's never asked us to do anything skeevy, though. Don't <laughs> that's worry. Really good. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that was always one of my favorite things about Sailor Moon in general was that. First of all, she's a very typical, like, what is she, like, fourteen yeah, when the she's show like starts? Fourteen. Yeah, and she's like not your typical hero. She can't really handle anything by herself. She's super no. emotional. Always she can't hungry. plan. <laughs> always super hungry. Always late for school. Never does her homework. Um, but oh my god, it's me. <laughs> I know, right? She's everyone. She's all of us. Yes. But like, yeah, you're right. Over the course of the show, and she does have like a few sort of epiphany moments where she's like, "Oh shit, I have to like really stop sucking now." Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's like, yeah, it's it's not like she was born that way. She wasn't born perfect. She has to right. like. Right, there's growth there, which is fun. Um, But yeah, so it is a show that focuses very heavily on women um, and like the five guardians or whatever. There's like three dudes in the whole show. Yeah, right? Like her brother, the one guy with glasses, and then um, whatever his name is. Tuxedo Mask. Tuxedo Mask. I forget what his real name is. Mamaru. It's Mamaru. (laughs) Yes. I literally just turned the show off like two hours ago. Oh my god, amazing. I know all the shitty English names from the Deke version, so I know him as like Darian or something. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. But yeah, it's true. There's so many women in that show, which gives them the opportunity to have lots of different types of women, which is nice. Yes. They're, I mean, they're all mostly very skinny. Like, all of the Guardians um, yes. are very skinny and tall. Um, but they do show a lot of different personalities. You know, there is 
there's there's the very study heavy one who's like I'm gonna be a doctor I work very hard I'm always at school I'm always studying right and then there's like the very religious one who works at her family shrine but also has like anger issues a little bit (laughs) anger issues and then my favorite is Jupiter and she has like she's very sporty and like always talking about like her ex boyfriend, like every episode ends with right. like oh, he looks just like my ex boyfriend. <laughs> like I just never watched meet an episode. Yeah, you never meet him. Um, but like I just Fine. watched an episode where it was like they had a bunch of animals, and someone was like, "Oh, that dog looks like my grandpa." And then and, and then she was like, "That dog ha- looks like my the man I was in love with, Grandpa." <laughs> like and they were all like, "What the? What?" <laughs> oh my but, god! Yeah. Like if I have one complaint about it is a lot of like the the women have their own problems and they talk about things that aren't men but like a lot of them are still about men but I a think ton of focus on it's men it's also it's also that they're 14 and yeah. that is very true to 14 year olds that's true although, <laughs> although like every time i watched i'm like they can't be 14 they're so like grown up i mean because Japan's a little gross sometimes, That's right? True. Um, and anime in general can be kind of gross about women's bodies mm-hmm. and sailor moon is like not an exception to that at all. Yeah. They are supposed to be like young teenagers and they are definitely look like full grown women as yeah. far as their the way that they're dressed and yeah, their bodies. And their whole bodies um, and you definitely see like that transformation is kind of intense as far as the nudity <laughs> level. And yeah. But yeah, and then there's always that talk of like, oh if you eat that you're gonna get fat. Oh my god, I forgot about all that. There's there yeah. is some fat shaming for sure. Yeah. So it's not a perfect show, but it's like also not... it's from the nineties. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It could be worse. It's also kind of LGBT friendly, not American versions, not but American Japanese version. versions. Right. We talked about that. Right. But I'm going to be honest with you. Those two characters, I definitely both was under the impression that they were both male. I was like, huh, that's weird. They look animated like males. One of them has a girl's voice. Right. <laughs> I think it was just like maybe my dumb kid ass being I like, mean, I don't know. She's got a lady voice, so must be a lady. I, I guess don't know. she's a lady. <laughs> Because I think one of the other animes that I was watching, like, did the same thing. Because I was so confused. Because I was like, they have a lady voice, but it's very clearly, like, a guy. Such a dude. Like, why are we making it a lady voice? (laughs) Like, not saying that 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 doesn't happen, but it was, like, one of those things I was like, okay, I'm not sure. Right. Is this an America problem, a Japan problem, or, or just a me a worldwide problem? problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just a problem in general. Yeah. But anyway, um, so that's what I've been consuming this week. It's beautiful. That was Sailor Moon Corner. That was Sailor Moon Corner. <laughs> here, here at Cool Story Needs More Girls. Um, but I'll yeah. Leave now. <laughs> so, um, Our own personal show within a show. <laughs> yeah, that's my time. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sailor. Um, Bye, but- boss. <laughs> But yeah, so that was our episode on um, toxic masculinity and femininity. Yeah. Um, as always, feel free to interact with us. I know I said it on our last episode, but I want to reiterate. Um, when you do a podcast and you post it on various podcast posting platforms, you don't often get numbers. Um, I love data and numbers and knowing how many people listen to our show and how many people downloaded it. Um, and iTunes doesn't give you those numbers. No, they don't. It's super rude. And I'm going to summon the ghost of Steve Jobs to yell at him about it. But until then, um, go ahead and like and subscribe and leave a comment. Yeah. If you if you have any questions about our process or if 
you know, something within the show really spoke to you, or if you have some ideas of other things we could talk about on this show. We are hoping after the first of the year to go weekly. Yes. You hear us every other week. Imagine twice as much of us. Twice as much of us yelling at you about ladies. Yes. Is that a dream for you? Cool. We're going to make it happen. Is that a nightmare for you? Too bad. We're going to make it happen. Um, but we're going to need more material. So if there's something out there that you're like, I would love to hear your perspective on this. Or maybe you are kind of an expert on it and you would like to work with us too. Yeah, let us know. Um, we're learning a lot about podcasting through Facebook groups and people are always so eager to have guests on their podcast and I think we should probably start doing that. That could be fun. Um, so if there's something that you would like to talk about with us, um, maybe educate us on, we'd yeah. love to, uh, we'd love to connect with you there. But as always, we are on Instagram, Cool Story Needs More Girls. You can find us on Tumblr, Cool Story Needs More Girls, on Twitter, Cool Story Cast. Um, we're working on a Facebook page, but for now you can go out and like the Daily Gravy. Yes, that's where all our stuff shows up. Yep. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the hard maybe underscores um, between the words. And you can find Maggie at, oh, Juicy Wizard. You're not allowed to say the name of my Twitter <laughs> account anymore. I'm going to say it one more time. Oh, Juicy Wizard. How many users are in it? How many users? One. Oh. It's spelled correctly. I can't believe you got that handle, my dude. Yeah. Oh, juicy wizard. Oh my god. No underscores. <laughs> um, anything else? I did the um, You didn't even have to ask me to plug the things and I did it. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Um Yeah. Anyway, um thanks for listening. For a cool, cool story needs more girls. Oh, can we take that again? Can we do that one more again cuz we've messed that up? Do it. For a cool story needs more girls. I'm Liz. I'm Maggie. And we're not here for your boners. Gross!